Hi, Jonathan. Welcome back to another one. Rory, how's things? Yeah, I'm, I'm all good. Um, obviously, your voice sounds a bit distant. It probably is as distant as it, um, as you were <laughs> currently in Spain. Yeah, apologies, guys, so, for anyone listening. If the audio quality is not quite as good, I'm I'm on my AirPods here um, away for a couple of days in Spain. So I do apologize for anyone having issues listening in, but hopefully we'll be back to back to normal soon. Yeah, no worries. I can I can hear the champagne bottles crackling in the background, so <laughs> <laughs> must be a good sign. That was a pool party yesterday. <laughs> yeah, still going on. <laughs> um, so just up, update the guys, Rory, just in terms of our last podcast. Yeah, so anybody who's listened to the po- last podcast will know that there's a duplication of the audio, and that was actually then Jonathan went on and rectified that yesterday. Now, one of the issues I have, I'm not sure on any other platform, but on Apple Podcasts, is that whenever you seem to listen to it, it automatically downloads onto your phone. I'm not sure if it actually downloads, but it saves itself anyway. And now that it's been rectified, if you go in to try and listen to it, it won't uh, give you the updated one. What you have to do is actually on-download uh, the original one, and then it'll bring you uh, to the fresh one. Um, so that's just for anybody who's actually listened to it. If you haven't listened to Monday's episode, then you should be fine, and it should direct you straight to the um, the new one. But if you have any issues, just reach out to us in the app, and uh, we can send you the link for it. So yeah, that's my fault. <laughs> no, don't worry. Easy mistake. Easy mistake. <laughs> um, so what are we going to talk about today, Rory? Yeah, I think we're going to talk about um, you know, really how how to construct um a better a better trading strategy you know how, how to kind of construct yeah. that whether you know you're looking at you know how to construct your fundamental analysis better how to construct your technical analysis better even if you're as well as a sentiment trader and, and maybe we'll touch a bit you sort of looking at ai um and and things like that and how to go down the quant route too so i think we'll talk a bit Absolutely. about that maybe recommend a few books and things like that we've read maybe talk a bit about our stories too jonathan and you know maybe even then delve into, you know, why do I trade sort of fundamental, statistical, mathematical ways? And, and why do you trade, you know, sort of technical and sentiment driven? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And it's not to say one works better than the other. It's just a completely different strategy and style. And uh, so, yeah, well, let's, let's, let's run out. Let's run over that. I guess, first of all, maybe you can, we'll dive straight into technical analysis to kick it off, I guess. Yeah, I think we'll, you know, start off on somewhat the easiest one. And usually it's the beginning point, Jonathan, for most people when they're sort of starting the training journey. I mean, there's no point. Technical analysis is a great tool to learn about, you know, supply and demand. It's to learn a bit about trading and get used to the charts because ultimately, you know, as much as you don't spend a lot of time in the charts, it's still something you look at and something you have to be able to identify very, very quickly is, you know, the charts. And I think, you know, one of the great things for me is getting into technical analysis is that it's kind of a steep step at the first, but after that, it's very, very small steps after, you know, it's just about learning, you know, the open, low, high, close, what does a candlestick look like and things like that. And I think if you want to break it down even further, you don't necessarily need to always look at candlesticks. You can look at line charts or just whatever works. You know, if you're going to be a fundamental or a fundamental trader, a candlestick chart isn't really going to be overly useful for you. But if you're going to be a technical trader, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, you really do need the candlesticks because you want to know the open high lows and and things like that. And it shows a better picture of it. Agreed. And I, but look, I think I know we're starting to talk about technical analysis first, but really that's the last thing we do when we go to the market, right? Before we execute, um, you know, the fundamental or the sentiment or whatever it is analysis that we're doing in the background comes first before we then go to look at yep. our charts, right? Yeah. 100 percent. that's correct i mean 
there's a lot of people out there that like to just do the technical analysis first and only do technical analysis. And, you know, my experience anyway, I'm only going to speak for myself, but it, it just doesn't work. You know, I think I just mean, look, looking at the chart. Just, just, just on that, Rory, just not to interrupt you, buddy, but, yeah. you know, let's look at the floors as to that. And, you know, and that's our opinion. And again, there's lots of technical guys out there that will just base their, their trading on technical analysis. But personally, the floors that I feel that comes across with that is how can you might as well just put yourself in a dark room, you know, with Wi-Fi and a computer uh, with no outside information and try to ch try to actual trade on charts. And yes, that's going to work to a, to, to a period. But if unless you've got a bias before you go to your trading terminal, unless you feel that because of the economic news or information that you're receiving, you know, if you don't have a bias as to whether you should buy or sell, I mean, how can we look at technicals without understanding that? Because even if you're looking to, let's say you're buying and selling off a technical, uh, like a support resistance level or or some kind of a, a channel or, you know, or whatever it is technical that you're looking at, unless that you know that, let's say your, your, your bias is, you know, strong dollar, for instance, yeah. you know, you're not going to want, you need to know where to buy and where to sell or where yeah. to, you know, without that information, how can you actually determine when to enter the market. Yeah. Well, a hundred percent. I always think that, you know, if you're, if you're doing technical analysis, Jonathan, usually you can capture the middle 50, you know, the sort of middle 50% of the move. You're always going to be too yeah. late for the entry and you're always certainly going to be too late for the exit. And you know what fundamental yeah. analysis really does. And again, we're just looking at the flaws of technical analysis, but what fundamental analysis does, it says, well, this is going to be the entry point. This is the start of the turn. And whenever prices, you say, if we're going a long dollar, this is maybe the price that we're going to start to get out. And, you know, a good example of that is during the Fed uh, interest rate hike cycle. You know, we whenever we started seeing inflation creeping up, we could have predicted that interest rates were about to increase. And then that's when we could have started to get long dollar. So we could have got in before everybody. And now that the Fed, now that interest rates are nearly, you know, back down to 2% and they're starting to decline a bit, now we can start to predict that uh, interest rates aren't going to increase anymore. And perhaps in the future, there actually might be a cut at some stage. So then we can start to predict when we're going to get out of the trade. And if, exactly. you, did, I mean, if, if you didn't use this analysis, you know, you would be missing out on the first 25% uh, of it. And then you'd also be caught out in the last 25%. And perhaps, you know, those diminishing returns at the end when you're taking your losses, you might even wipe out all your gains altogether. So I think it's really important to understand your fundamentals. Agreed. And look, it doesn't matter how good your technical setup looks and how convinced you are by this technical setup. Technicals don't move markets. That's what no. we have to understand and know. Yeah. Fundamentals move markets. Sentiment-based trading moves markets. You know, like we've had lots of like volatility over the last couple of years. We've had the Ukraine-Russian war. We've had COVID. We've had so many big market movement events that sentiment has driven these markets. You know, and, and then obviously off the back of a lot of fund fundamental data that we're getting. Like in this, like I said. Technicals do not move markets. Once no. we know that, and once we understand that, we use technicals purely for timing. We yeah. use technicals purely for entry and exit points to to best place our, you know, once we have that bias, whether that's a fundamental bias or a technical bias, or sorry, yeah. or a sentiment bias, once we have that, we then approach our terminal. We then look at the, the, the setup of our, of our technicals. And yeah. then we look to buy and we look to sell. We look to put our stop losses in the right places. And we're looking to obviously for our, our take profit levels as well. But like I said, without that information, 
there's no way that you know you're going to get the consistency that you would if you're introduce sentiment and fundamental into your trading yeah per- perfect well said yeah and i mean yeah. i can i can already hear the people you know at the other end already saying well what about order books and what about market makers and, and everything like that and i think sure. i'll maybe i'll maybe not discuss everything today because we could go down a huge rabbit hole with that but yeah. you know jonathan when it comes to market makers and when it comes to order books and things like that you know basically all that is is just price jumping around to fulfill the nearest order you know that's 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 yeah. pretty much all it is, and it's yeah. nothing to do with technicals. Yeah. It's people yeah. running, you know, huge algorithms and things. Saying, well, I think this is the fair price of the asset, and this is what I'm willing to pay. So let's just say prices at a hundred, and somebody yeah. saying, well, you know, I'm not buying it until it's at ninety. And there's, as you say, you're a sentiment-driven trader, and everybody thinks, well, I'm not buying it until it hits ninety. So what what's price yeah. going to do? How does price move? Well, market maker steps in and says, well, I need to provide liquidity to the market. That's my job. Yeah. So he turns around yeah. and says, well, I'm going to take the trade in between, offer a wider yeah. spread. Let's go for yeah. ninety. So then people start yeah. buying it at ninety. Price goes from a hundred to ninety in let's just say ten seconds. People think shit. Yeah. Sh- shares are down ten percent. What's the reason for it? Well, there's no reason behind it. It's simply because that's the way the order book works. Now, those people who've bought at ninety dollars, what's the view, Jonathan? Their views to go long. So they're still expected to go to 100, 110, 120, 130. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes those short-term moves, um, you might want to include that in technical analysis, but as a retail trader, you'll never have access to information to, to that sort of type of data. And that's something I don't think you should ever worry about, um, really, in my opinion. And I think that's just, I agree. To, that's just to cover people saying, oh, well, what about market makers and what about this? I think it's important to understand the role of a market maker, You know why they're there, their jobs to provide liquidity. And you know things like order books and, and things like that. If anybody ever tells you that you look at order books, I, I think it's nonsense because you know to get that sort of data costs you know hundreds of thousands of pounds a week or a month maybe to get that well, type of data. It. And people Not only that, I mean, people will give you the five ninety nine. People will give you the five ninety nine per month subscription to get, <laughs> version. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, think, yeah I agree. And look, think about it logically. One hundred percent, Rory. Exactly that. And not only that, I mean, look. You know, institutions aren't using technical analysis to 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 go into a trade. You know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, what what we're doing, we have to think about it as a retail perspective, and all we can do as retail traders is try to put as much odds in our favor as possible. Simple mm-hmm. as that. Once we stack as many odds in our favor as possible, that's when we're going to start to get consistency in our in the markets. And it's a key thing for new traders, especially, and even traders that have been doing it. A- you know for a year or two i mean the biggest you know gripe that i have when i great they have when i when i speak to a lot of retail traders is like you know i'm doing well i'm trading but you know all of a sudden then i'm taking losses and i'm not really getting anywhere yeah. you know so it's about consistency and building that consistency is building a strategy that actually you know integrates small key details into your strategy um whether that's you know understanding what you know when an announcement comes out and you see it on an economic calendar Mm-hmm. what what can that do if we miss to the high side or to the low side what is going to reaction of the markets yeah once you know that that's giving you more information number one yep. number two is also understanding the sentiment basis you know what what you know why why is the markets moving in, in certain directions and you know what are the big guys thinking when they're placing their big orders yep. you know and then and then on the other side of that then is then okay now does this then match my bias match the technicals no, I wanted to buy here. Price is too close to my resistance level. Let's wait, you know, and it's about patience as well, right? It's waiting for that key entry point and then taking your your, your trades, making sure you can get your stop losses outside of recent highs, you know, because yeah. that's what market makers are trying to do, you know? They're yeah. trying to find your stop losses. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, so look, you know, like I say, it's about trying to stack the odds in our favor. Simple yeah. as that. Exactly. You know, yeah. and just elaborating on that last point you made about, you know, market makers there too, you know, their job is to find liquidity. That, that That's their job is, is to create liquidity. Yeah. You know, so they want to try and find, you know, where people are going to be buying and where people are going to be selling in order to pass the opposite trade on to their clients. Exactly. You know, so yeah. if, if they know that there's a lot of people going to be selling at $90, you know, they're going to try and drive price down to that $90, you know, yeah. and and, yeah. and that's and that's exactly what they're going to do because they're going to turn around to the client and say, yes, you can buy for $90. That's no problem. They buy for $90, price plummets to 90 and then what happens? All those shares, all those assets, uh, whatever it is, all become available now because they know that everybody's starting to sell at 90 because they're getting freaked out. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. so we can yeah, yeah. we I, I can talk about that for a year if if, if people want to come on and join, we'll do a three sixty five day <laughs> podcast. Um, but let, yeah, let's not. Yeah. Um, you know, Agreed. And a few and resources just, just, as well. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go. Yeah, we'll jump onto resources maybe at the end, so people can actually get them get them down and so on. But yeah. um, what what I wanted to touch on is like you know slightly how it doesn't matter. You don't need to completely copy somebody's strategy, right? If you have a strategy yourself. All you need to do is look to tweak that strategy in ways to slightly improve your consistency. And again, like me and Rory have completely different strategies. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that Rory's more consistent than I am. It just means we have a different way of looking at the market. So there's a million ways to trade the financial markets. And like I said, I keep going back to what I said there, but it's about stacking the odds in your favor. Yeah. Um, maybe you want to talk a bit about how you trade the financial markets. Again, I've kind of discussed it a bit in previous podcasts, but like I say, I'm more of a sentiment-driven trader. Obviously, mm-hmm. I understand the fundamentals and the impact that these fundamental, especially high impact news announcements would have on the market. So I'm more prepared. Um, and then I obviously go into technicals. I maybe only use three technical indicators, maybe four technical indicators. Yeah. Um, you know, every morning I'm making sure I understand where my support and resistance levels are. That's my number one. Uh, number two is I'm looking to see some trends in the market. I'm obviously looking at our RSI. I'm looking at... Um, uh, moving averages just looking at a couple of you know three or four different indicators just to tie into my bias mm-hmm. for me to be able to execute that trade and like i say just to try to find that perfect entry and there is no such thing as a perfect entry no but you know that's what we're trying to find all the time you know yeah no exactly definitely um, such thing as a perfect entry no and look back i suppose that difference to what you do i mean you bring it to a completely different level in terms of your fundamental maybe you can kind of talk talk us through that yeah, I mean, you know, my process would be a lot longer drawn out, you know, than people's. A lot of people, Jonathan, would wake up in the morning and by, you know, they'd wake up at 7 a.m. and by 8 a.m. they've maybe three three trades already on. You know, my my week would consist of maybe coming up with a trade idea during the course of a week, maybe even two weeks, just to come up with, you know, a couple of ideas. So I would try and yeah. limit myself to around, you know, about a four or five hour session of, of trying to come up with an idea. And that's usually for like an equity or, or something like that. So what I do is, you know, I start at the top looking down, you know, what's the current macro environment? And and for me, this all comes quite naturally, especially now as you, you know, whenever I first started, I did have to write it down, but it all comes quite naturally. And you know, things I look at is, you know, what are interest rates? What's GDP doing? You know, um, what are the leading indicators doing, such as PMIs? What's the housing market doing? Just looking at all these different things. And what that does is, you know, as you said, Jonathan, that drives a sentiment. You know, that drives if people are really long or short in the market. You know, it, it puts the sentiment into the market take out all your um, technical analysis. That's why people are in the positions because of these things, yeah. you know, and then from there, what I like to do is, is go into the different industries. So whenever I get a bias, I'll sort of say, well, you know, let's, um, um, let's come up with an example right now. Let's just say, well, 
you know, home house prices are starting to come down because mortgage rates are going to go up. Now, if if house prices are coming down and mortgage rates are going up, what would I predict? Well, right now I would maybe perhaps predict um that builders aren't going to be building as many houses. So what I'll do is maybe start to go into the construction industry and look at stocks within the construction industry. And now I've got a value chain to work off. Do I look at the actual people who are building the houses? Do I maybe look at the people who are supplying the builders, such as um, companies in America is called like Builders First Source. So anybody that's not aware of who they are, they're pretty much like a wholesale um construction company so they would sell wood tim- they would sell like timber products um they would maybe sell equipment drills whatever you can think of all for construction purposes so would i maybe start to short them or would i maybe start to short people even further back in the value chain people who make those products people who make the wood people who make the drills so that's all the different opportunities i have and i would maybe take two or three out of each of that value chain and then start to do an analysis on each of those businesses to see well you know how's this company's financials looking how are they looking and really delving in um, quite deep into financials uh, there. I would also then run a stock screener over, and I know this is all start, starting to sound a bit boring and people are probably falling off to sleep now, but this is just the detail that I go into to try and get you know an idea up. And I will quickly run over a bit of a, uh, an FX idea as well very, very quickly. But that's pretty much what I do, Jonathan, to try and get um, an idea up on an equity. I'll then structure it quite differently. I might use options. I might use, buy the underlying stock or sell the underlying stock, whatever it might be. And really the reason to do that is so, you know, that I have a positive EV and that I have the odds stacked in my favor. You know, I don't want to be buying a stock at a hundred dollars, looking at to go up to 110, but putting my stop loss yeah. at 90, and putting my stop loss at 90 because I, you know, that's just a one for one. And you know, it's yeah. pure, it's purely gambling. That's, that's all it is. So I might then look at options and think, well, do the options work better? Is there better risk rewards? Yes, if there is, then I'll maybe take that route. But I mean, sure. that's just the, kind of the way I was driven there. And, you know, my FX trades, because I think a lot of people are interested in that, you know, Forex trades, how are they generated? Well, they're generated off a very, very similar basis. Um, on the premium section on the app, I've actually shared a document of how I do it. It's an Excel document. And it's basically looking at all the different leading indicators. So you're looking at, you know, uh, construction PMIs, service PMIs, building permits. Uh, you're looking at interest rates. Um, you're maybe looking at exports of the country, of the underlying currency. Looking at all these different things uh, around central banks as well and putting all them together to give us a bias um, of what of how long or short you should be on the currency. So I score everything based on a 1 to 10 or, well, a minus 10 to a plus 10. And that then gives me a bias at the end. So whenever I add all them up, I know how inflationary or deflationary uh, the currency is. Then I, I compare that against um, another currency and I can put the two together and then that gives me an overall bias. Now, that sounds like a lot of work and sometimes it is a lot of work, but the thing is, Jonathan, whenever you get the spreadsheet set up and, and everything else around it, it maybe only takes Once you 20 minutes. You're just updating then, yeah. You're only updating exactly. it and, it, and it's maybe the yeah. guts of 20 minutes. So going back yeah. to how you said, how I said, well, in the first hour, people might have three trade ideas. Well, I might have three trade ideas as well. The problem is I'll not have them every morning. That only up, up, needs updated every month. And I think that reflects yeah. quite well on the Euro USD trade. Um, you know that I've taken the app recently in the Aussie dollar trade yeah. short that I've been taking. Yeah. You know, I've been calling short in them for the last sixty-eight weeks, and and the reason is because I have been short the last sixty-eight weeks, and the fundamentals haven't changed. Technicals have changed somewhat, but fundamentals haven't changed. You know, yeah, I, I think I think the Aussie dollar might be coming to a bottom soon. Now. I think you know, with the increase in ore and so on, I think we might see an uplift on that, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll, that's let's, that, let's keep an eye. 
Yeah, I mean that's that's one of the factors that go into the the spreadsheet, looking at the price of iron or looking at the price of coal and yeah. things like that. So once I start updating that in and start seeing the price of that, then does my bias start to change? Well, yes, it, it will start yeah. to change. So that's just something yeah. um, you know really to look at. Um, as well as that, you know, there's another side of it as well. I like to kind of do a bit of quantitative analysis. Um, your statistical work as well, Jonathan. Um, you know that you know me. That's just kind of my forte and what I enjoy. <laughs> You know, so <laughs> absolutely, you're, you're making me sound, uh, yeah, yeah, quite, people, quite simplified. But you know, I think uh, for me personally, I think it, you know, you build up um, over time, you build up this kind of a it's not a sixth sense, but intuition, I guess, you know, from, from my side. And that comes from just like you know, constantly being on top of the news, constantly mm-hmm. being on top of you know, information that's at hand, any resources that you have just to keep yourself, you know, updated all the time. and you know, even when I'm not trading, I could be out with my family and I'm still thinking about things that are happening. Um, yeah. And it goes back to what you said there when you come up with that idea in, in the bathroom or in the, sorry, in the, you think you're having a shower yeah. and you're looking out the window or something, you know, and that's what it's about. It's about like immersing yourself in information, um, yeah. you know, and then you start to grow this intuition um, and that really helps as well, you know? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think, you know, I'm not going to tell anybody how to live, but I think a great way to do it is, you know, don't walk around with your earphones in listening to music. Just walk about with no phone in your hand, no earphones in. Yeah. And if you yeah. take a if you take a walk for a day around anywhere, any city, any place, if you take a good hard walk around for a day, I guarantee you could come up with about 10 to 15 really good ideas. You know, yeah. but yeah. just just yeah. taking it all in. You know, if, if you're sitting on an airplane, you might wonder, you know, oh, you know, this airplane's packed, they're making so much money, I might invest in the airline. Or then you might look out the window and see the wings of the plane and, and the engines and say, well, here, they're going to be building a lot of these. Who makes these engines? Who makes the planes? It's, it's so true. You know, mm-hmm. just changing how you think. Almost all of a sudden, you'll have a bit of an epiphany about things, you know, and that's the weirdest thing is when you start to change how you look at things and how you think about things in a different way, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just completely changes. And you'll actually, you know, it's enlightening when you do change it. Yeah, because it, you you know you come from just doing the things that you do naturally to actually opening up your eyes to so much more that's going on around you. It you know, is the information that you can process differently. It is certainly that's that's just the way it is, and I think as well, come back you know to the previous point you made about intuition, and you, you know over a course of time you just start to get it. You know, for me, I always think I'm I'm a big believer of what makes you sleep at night. You know, you always have to have a position on or something on that you can sleep through. And for me, <laughs> and and for me, it all falls it all falls into probability. Anything below fifty percent, I'm I don't like it. I I I, I don't like taking the odds. Yeah. If if the odds yeah. aren't in my favor or it has a negative EV, I'm 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 completely not interested. And you know the yeah. the the best example of negative EVs are casinos. You know, people see. You you walk in there, people are winning millions around you. Why are the casino not concerned? Because they do the same work that I do. So all the statistical analysis and things like that, yeah. they do the yeah. same work and know that their AV is always positive. So they say, well, we don't Tell care. Me, you're, yeah, you were telling yeah. me the last time you were in the casino or every time you go in there, there's a particular game that you play every time. What is it you play? Is it well, blackjack I, or what is yeah, it? Yeah, I, I play a bit of blackjack and, and a bit of roulette. Yeah. You know, roulette's yeah. more the sort of one I would play. You know, if you're just there, you throw a few pound on and it's more having a drink around. Whereas roulette, I would go in, you know, I know you can't win on it, but if you win three or four hands in a row, walk out, you know. That's that's kind of the way it is. Now, yes. I don't I don't suggest people do this to try and earn an income or anything like that. It's just <laughs> it, it's more of a night out, and I would only ever do it if I'm on holidays and things like that. It's not like a, you know, it's not like oh you'll see Roy at the casino every Friday night. You'll not. You'll see me there twice a sure. year. You know. Sure. 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 Absolutely. I'm the same. 
And, um, and and that's just, you know, I always like just to have the odds in my favour. You know, that's hence why I don't go in it every week, Jonathan, is because you know that the minute you step through the door, you know the odds are against you. And that's why the casinos exactly. are, so, are so warm and welcoming because they know that if they have a bad week, you know, if the, if the boss comes over and says, you know, um, we've lost five million this week, they'll turn us on, not to worry, we'll gain it back over the next few weeks because they know that their EV, so their expected value, is always positive because it's a fixed rate. And- it's a really good, really good analogy because it, look, at the end of the day, right, when we, when we, it goes back into the retail world as well, right? And in terms of, um, you know, traders make the same mistakes over and over again. Um, and it's, and they're simple mistakes, but, you know, we, we, we touch on this on previous podcasts all the time, but, you know, you have to understand if you want to trade and you want to be successful at trading, you have to understand you have to take a loss, losses along the way. Yeah. Um, and so many people don't want to take a loss. They yeah. they continue to, and it's the same as gambling. Then, you know, you're, you're in a casino and you're losing, you want to double down, you want to try to get your money back. You know, that's not how you need to, that's not the process. And, a good, and again, when we talk a good about- old, A good old martingale, nothing beats it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got deep pockets. Yeah, um, so for, just but, for a reference, if anybody doesn't know what a martingale is, he's basically a, a mathematician, I think, that, that ter- our strategy turned around knowing that you double down every time you lose. Yeah, and, you, and you'll always yeah, get it, yeah. and you'll always get it back. You always get it back, exactly. Yeah, I, I don't um, know. If I, I don't know if I'd call him a mathematician. Actually, I think that's maybe the wrong words from. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, but let me tell you. So, um, just just going on to that. So again, EV and so on. And look, you know, once we we're talking about strategies and building strategies and how to use technical and fundamentals and sentiment and so on in your strategies to improve that. Um, mm-hmm. But really technical based, you know, trading as, as well is, is is understanding, you know, where to put your stop losses and then and again accepting your losses within them stop losses. So a part of your strategy has to be your stop loss. And yeah. you know, when you're building a strategy, your your stop loss has to be within that strategy. And you know, we, we talk about compound growth and we'll we'll actually we'll do that on another podcast, I think, with you know, um how how when if you start on let's say a thousand pound how we can grow that with compound growth and so on we can certainly do that again but yeah. in terms of not for this episode but in terms of this episode it's about understanding you know your strategy and how to make sure that if you've got a one or two percent or you know when you're when you're more experienced you can increase slightly your risk parameters but really you don't want to be more than one or two percent mm-hmm. risk when you're when you're when you're starting out yeah and then again that builds into your strategy and that is where you use your technicals because when you're going to enter the market we need to know where we want to put our stop losses so on the other side of building a strategy to enter the market and look for profits from that is also on the other side of that is how to understand you know where to put your stop losses except your loss if we do take it but try to mitigate hitting your stop losses as much as possible by putting them in the right places yeah right? Exactly. And, you know, that's why I kind of use, the, the, you know, the statistical analysis, you know, for my stop losses, because as you said, Jonathan, you've got the intuition just to, you know, put it there and, and, and you feel comfortable that and you sleep well at night. You know, whereas for me, it, it, it doesn't quite cut it. You know, I just couldn't sleep at night knowing that. I like to yeah I like to go I in mean, and do yeah. distribution returns and say the probability of my stop loss getting hit is this. Because if I know that that's the prob- <laughs> if I know that that's the probability over the last yeah. 20 years, I'll sleep at night. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 and and that's sure. just and and that's just what makes you sleep. And I mean, everybody needs sleep, so you have to do yeah, something no, that's going to make you work. No, look, but at the end of the day, like you say, I mean, look, it's not just intuition. It is, it is based on historical, you know, information that charts giving me in terms of where to put my stop losses and so on. But it's it's more it's more about again, there's a million ways to trade the financial markets. It's about what works for you. I'm not saying every time I put in a stop loss that I'm going to get it right because I'm not going to get it right. 
you know, there's a good chance I'm not going to get it right. Potentially maybe three, four times out of 10, I'm not going to get it right, but that's okay. And I can accept that. And because you can accept that because you know you're still on course for a good week even if you do get four wrong. Do you know yeah. that kind of way? Yeah. Maybe even five wrong. Do you know that kind of way? You can still get five wrong and have a good, you know, risk reward ratio that will actually get you profitable by the end of the week. But yeah, again, we'll, we'll, we'll go into that a bit more, I think, um, when we talk about compounding. Yeah, I, th- I think that'll definitely be another good podcast. We'll talk about compounding, maybe talk about risk rewards, uh, maybe even touch a bit on expected value as well. Because I think those are all things that you know, people don't take into consideration, you know, when, when they're trading. You know, and, and, yeah. and it, is, it is something that can give you a slight edge. Yeah, Jonathan, if, you, if you've got a 50% win rate and you're always working off a two to one, you know, risk reward or a one to one risk reward, for example, you know, you're never actually going to make anything. You know, it, yeah. you, you may you may you may be up here and there, but if you've always got 50, 50 but odds. At the same time, your one to one is fine. If you're starting to sense a change in market sentiment or fundamentals or whatever the case may be, you know, it's about accepting, you know, one to one on a particular basis. Once you're like I say, when you build that intuition up and you understand that there's potential this could turn around. But um, again, that, that feeds into, I think, another podcast as well. But what I wanted to touch on as well today on this podcast was like, when you're building a strategy, too many people rely on other people, you know, yeah. like, and we don't even know what most people, they're relying on maybe are not good enough or, or maybe kind of pulling the, the wool over their eyes a little bit in terms of their own experience and so on. And that's one gripe that I have in the industry Yeah, um, is is just people out there that are trying to show you how to trade the financial markets that just don't understand or know how to do it themselves and yeah. they're doing it for their own gain which is yeah it <laughs> makes my head explode but um that's key key is to make your own decisions guys learning you know ask questions you know constantly ask questions because trading in the dark in the background like you know maybe watching videos or whatever the case may be you know you're going to get you're going to pick up information for sure no doubt but you're never going to be able to get the extent of your learning curve until you actually ask questions you know it's like being in school or you know you put your hand up you listen to other people asking questions or whatever the case may be it's like feeding information like that information just you you just digest it better when you're asking questions and you're being more involved and you're more interactive with what's going on especially like even in the app i mean we put out our analysis every day and so on and we, you know, we, we, we push people for, for more, you know, to ask more questions and to, you know, we're, we're always there to, to help people and try to offer our own kind of experience or information that we can provide. Um, but, and, and that's what we want to do. We want to help people learn. We want to pe- give people the best possible opportunity to mm-hmm. get some kind of consistency when trading, you know, and that really is our goal. Um, so yeah like I said interaction is key for me yeah exactly I agree with that I mean you know one thing to reiterate is that you know we're not just putting I'm I'm not waking up every morning or whatever and putting my thoughts out there so people can copy them or so people can say well this is what Rory's doing it must be right it's definitely nothing to do with that you know what I'm doing is I'm saying well this is how I do it Um, ask me a question about it you know challenge me ask me why i'm doing yeah. it because this is yeah. how this is how you'll learn you know by sitting yeah. Yeah. by sitting by sitting on charts all day and just trading and saying well you know i should have really bought here i'll write that down in the notes don't buy at 108 buy at 108 uh 20 or whatever mm-hmm. it's things like that that are never going to make you better what's going to make you better is consistently asking questions you know always challenge yeah. challenging everything yeah. and that's um I think John it doesn't matter how stupid the question is, right? It, there's always somebody else thinking it, and sometimes the stupidest of questions can seem stupid because some other person's made a mistake. 
you know, the amount yeah. of times I I can recall five different scenarios of where I've asked very, very stupid questions, you know, such as, oh, well, you know, why is there a one there if there's only one one digit or, or something stupid like that? And somebody's, you know, maybe the lecturer in the room or a teacher in school's maybe turned around and said, actually, you're right, that shouldn't be there. But everybody just thought it was just there because it should have been there. But whenever you ask yeah. the questions, it makes people think, actually, sorry, it shouldn't be there. And then that's leads when, into further, yeah. And then yeah. that's you know, it's it's been uh, proven as well that that's when your brain starts to become engaged. Apparently, there's something, John. I'm not, you know, I'm not a psychologist or anything, but apparently, there's something that whenever whenever you prove somebody right like that, or a teacher or, or a mentor right like that, apparently, your brain then really switches on, and that's when you can yeah. then start to learn. So by asking questions, yeah. that's when you start to learn. I think that's the key. Yeah. That's definitely the key topic. Um, also books as well. Think. Things like that, Jonathan. Yeah, some... leading on to resources, I guess, as well. Um, now yeah. at this stage, yeah, books are key. Sorry, carry on, Rory. I just wanted to kind of... No, no, yeah, go ahead. There, but, yeah, we definitely should give some resources at the end of this part as well, just so, you know, if people want to kind of, you know, check out more resources. We, we're going to have, we're actually building um, further courses in the app as well, guys. So just to let you know, they will be available quite soon as well. Um, but in terms of resources, in terms of books, um, I can give you one good kind of bible of technical analysis if you like it's mm -hmm. uh, the name of it is technical analysis of the financial markets and that's by john j murphy yeah. just to repeat that's technical analysis of the financial markets by john j murphy that's the bible guys of technical analysis so if anyone wants to really dig deeper into that um that's one i'd highly recommend um yeah. maybe you can maybe you could maybe recommend a few on on the fundamental side yeah, I think, to be honest, I think a lot of them cover quite similar things. You know, I think is um, if you pick up any technical analysis book that's, you know, been cited by at least a decent author, you're probably going to get something decent. I mean, one of the ones, you know, that I've uh, read before, I think was called, what's the book in London called? London A to Z. So I think it's called Technical Analysis A to Z. I think that's what it's called. Um, I know that it has like a blue covering on it. Um, let me just look it up here quick. It's actually by Stephen Achilles. And it's called technical analysis from A to Z, so that's what it's yeah. called. Um, so that's that's quite a good one. But I mean, there's a lot others that you can just kind of go through, and they'll give you a very similar um format. You know, one for me as well. There's there is fundamental books um out there that you can learn. But to be honest, I think when it comes to fundamentals, Jonathan, learn about that. It basically comes down to economics and and, and learning about that and. I, I kind of want to recommend like an economics textbook that you might find at a university or a college because sometimes, believe it or not, that can actually give you a very strong edge in in markets because everything we've talked about, that's how it leads on, you know. But something you can look at um is called um a practitioner's guide uh, to trading and finance. So that's actually a good one, and it's by Sweet and Maxwell. Now the book is quite expensive. It's actually one uh, we actually had in, in a university library at one time. I believe the books. I think it's well over a hundred pound for the book, um. But we actually had access to it, and it was a great book. Um, it, it basically broke down economics and it broke down, um, how to put economics into finance and into trading, and kind of links all of them together. But the thing is that you'll find books like that pretty much everywhere. Um, if you just even type up, you know, simple things into Google, you know, we've got artificial intelligence now and things like Chat GPT. These things kind of work. 
you know, if you type in, well, how does Aussie dollar correlate? You know, what's the correlation there? And 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 why does higher interest rates mean that equities will go down? You'll be able to find these things. And as it comes back to the last point, Jonathan, one of the final points I'll make, it's just about asking questions. Don't sit in the dark. If you're wondering why interest rates are going up, ask why are, why are interest rates going up? If it's because of inflation, ask why is inflation going up? And then keep referring back and back until you get to the base. Yeah, all of a sudden then, you know, it's this logical, you know. So as soon as you hear some news coming out or information to hand, all of a sudden you will be able to make an analysis or, you know, an idea around that information. And that's what, when we talk about intuition, you know, that's what we're building all the time. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Yeah. Well, mate, I think, I think that's it. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go back to the pool. <laughs> yes, sounds good. I, I just, I'm just in lovely sunny Ireland, so I'll maybe hit the golf course later on. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I deserve it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, uh, enjoy the rest of the holiday. Story. Always a pleasure, buddy. No problem. Catch you for the next one, mate. Thanks so much, buddy. Bye bye. Bye now. Bye bye.